Welcome back to the All Things Reality Podcast, where we talk all things competitive reality TV, including Big Brother, Survivor, The Challenge, and more. My name's Champagne, and I'm joined with my co-host, Lath, and we are back with another challenge, Double Agents Recap and Review for Episode 8. And in this week's episode, we saw a fight between an Olympian and a Challenge veteran, as well as a battle for the last men's skull. Champagne, let's get started. How did this episode start out? So the episode started off where the last episode ended. Leroy and Cam, they're so excited. They both got their gold skulls. They're celebrating. But they're strategizing, what do we do next? And this is coming down to the wire. And now they got to figure out, instead of getting the gold skulls, we got to worry about keeping the gold skulls. And, you know, this is their ticket to the final, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all going to get to the final. And so we see them strategizing, you know, Cam is very adamant. She still wants Teresa in. She's thinking Teresa against maybe Lolo, maybe Casey. And there's no rogue agent, so they don't know if this elimination is going to be a guy's day or a girl's day. It's pretty smart, the approach that, that Cam was taking. She knows that, that Teresa does not have her back, and Teresa's not really the strongest competitor either, so if she were to put her up against a former Olympian in Lolo or someone like Casey, who was a, a professional athlete, it's a really good way to get out someone who's not going to have your back in the future. Absolutely. And I always look at strategy like, if you're not with me, you're against me. And I got to get that person out right away. And we also see the men. They're kind of worried. There's so many men of us left, but we all got to get our gold skull. We all got to go down. And we saw this last season too, where they all started panicking right at the end. They're like, oh wait, we got to go get it. And I feel like, yeah, you want to stay in the challenge as long as you can, but also you got to strategize this. Like, when is my best time to go in and not wait until the end and not even get a chance yeah it can be nerve-wracking and it makes sense and we saw that pressure on both lolo and nam they were fighting again they were not on the same page lolo was frustrated she wanted to go in and get her gold skull and they're not winning anything so if you're not winning anything you can't put yourself down there to even get a gold skull and have that opportunity and like ct said hey put your differences aside you guys can be dangerous in this game if you just put all your differences aside and work together i mean i think these two are so strong individually but for some reason somehow these two cannot communicate at all which is very interesting because at the beginning of the season we kind of maybe started to see like a showman's forming but it looks like that is completely squashed yeah uh from what i've heard i read on twitter that lolo said that it was all for show like nam didn't really care like lolo was into it but nam wasn't he just kind of did it for the cameras so after that one episode it kind of just fizzled out there was no real connection there and it's also interesting because we saw these two in the very beginning as like a powerful duo if you go back and listen to our very first discussion our very first episode where we talked about the challenge double agents in our opening segment we both said that we thought lolo and nam would be a really powerful duo and a big threat to to win the game but they've been kind of underwhelming honestly like they haven't really done very much lolo kind of just throws some temper tantrums which we see later in this episode and that's kind of just it nam is just kind of chilling he's not playing a very 
strategic game. So it's just not really working out for them as a duo as much as we thought it would. Lolo, she is a competitor, but I feel like she's always been a solo competitor. I don't think she knows how to play in a team or have teamwork. And Nam, on the other hand, I don't know if he's ever even watched an episode of the challenge. He just seems to be very under the radar. He seems just not really knowing what's going on. And he's not being a strategic player. He's not forming these connections. He's not making alliances. Honestly, he's, I don't know what Nam is doing on this show, to be completely honest. Yeah, and under the radar, that kind of strategy can work. We've seen it work for a lot of people in in the challenge and on shows like Big Brother and Survivor, but it doesn't seem like Nam, his head is fully in the game strategically. I think he thinks that if he's just nice and does what other people tell him to do, he'll automatically make it to the end and win, but those people don't care as Lolo was trying to say to him, they really don't care about you, so you need to start caring about yourself instead of caring about other people. And then that kind of made him upset when she said that because no one wants to be told that they're not doing a good job at the game that they're playing, so caused some issues there as well. And Lola brought up a really good point. She's like, you know what? These girls are actually really smart. They don't want me to get a gold skull, so they're not going to throw me in. So what do we have to do to solve that? We have to win a daily challenge. And surprisingly, we haven't seen Lolo and Nam win a daily challenge, despite that they are a powerful duo on paper. And it was close, as we saw. We'll talk about that in the daily challenge. They almost ish won this one and ct as well he's like no one's gonna throw me into an elimination we have to win in order to throw ourselves in so once that wrapped up moving in we had this daily challenge which took up almost the entire episode i remember texting you when i was watching this that it was never ending it wasn't even the kind of challenge that you would expect would take up this much time even the mini final did not take up this much tv time so i'm confused as to why they spent so much time on them just doing this relic game in this daily challenge, it was called All Brawl, and it was basically just like a giant mud pit with groups of five at a time running into this mud pit and then searching for a relic. And honestly, we saw a lot of different strategies go on, some of them really good, some of them really bad. But let's start off and talk about heat number one. We had Anissa, Big T, Cam, Lolo, and Nani. And the difficult thing about heat one is I'm assuming they didn't really know what the relic looked like. And so they were searching through the mud. They didn't really have a strategy. And it's always easier to go into a challenge when you watch the other people do it first. So the first round's always a little bit harder. Nani finds it. And she brings it up and she's like, she's screaming. She's like, oh my God, I found it. She's like in awe. And we see that strategy not work out. And we see everyone go and tackle. And honestly, it's a good show, but <laughs> bad strategic part on Nani. And it makes sense because why should she's finally excited? It probably went on for like at least maybe 10 minutes. We only saw it for a couple minutes, but to finally find out, I could see her excitement. And you haven't seen the challenge before, so you don't know what the right approach might be. And it got her excited, had all the girls all on top of each other. You saw Anissa, Big T, Cam, Lolo, Nani, all of them on top of each other in a big, big dog pile. And in that dog pile, at one point, Anissa grabs uh, Lolo by, by her neck, uh, trying to get her back so she can reach Cam, who eventually gets herself out of the pit with the relic. So Cam, it was the Heat 1 winner. However, she wasn't really the main focus. The main focus was the drama between Lolo and Anissa. 
I literally went back and watched this and even the episode went back, did like a replay. And yes, Anissa's hand was around Lolo, but I personally did not see anything malicious going on. I didn't see any tugging, any grabbing by the neck. Yes, it was around the neck, but Anissa brought up this point afterwards saying like, this is a physical game. We are going to get physical. And Lolo out of all people should understand that. She is an Olympian. This is what she does for a living. You know, this is the challenge. Like, that was nothing compared to what we've seen in the past. I mean, we've seen super dirty play on these types of challenges in the past, and that was nothing. I think for someone like Lola, who comes from such a professional sport world, she's so used to strict rules, no physical contact that could potentially harm someone like choking, but then the challenge isn't like that. There's not really, there's no refs. I mean, TJ kind of is the ref, I guess, but it's not even like he cares enough to like step in unless it's like legit injury prone activities. So no one's going to stop her from doing what she's got to do unless she's like fully preventing you from breathing. So I could see where Lola was coming from and why she was upset. She's not used to that kind of contact in her professional athletic history. And she's used to a more professional standard in competing. But when you're on a show like The Challenge, especially one of these these heavy hitters, these headbangers, you could say, people don't care. People are trying to get that relic and get out as soon as possible. And they don't really care who they're gonna touch, especially someone like Anissa, who's, she's a big girl. She's been there for a while. She plays dirty if she has to play dirty. Yeah, I see both sides to it. I can see why Lolo would get upset. And I, just, I don't know what to think about it. I don't know if I think Lolo is overreacting. It's, it's just another scene that kind of got blown out of proportion by Lolo. You know, she's a hothead. She tends to not really think before she says, and she's just caught up in the heat of the moment. And I mean, I see her point of view, but I also see Anissa's point of view. And I don't think Anissa was intentionally doing anything malicious. For sure. I, she wasn't actively trying to choke her, obviously, but from Lola's perspective, all she feels is an arm wrapped on her neck trying to pull her back. There's other ways Anissa could have approached it, but I understand why she did it, and I, but I also understand why Lola did it. And we saw later in the episode, they eventually made up, but I could see that there was just two different perspectives on it, and... They come from two completely different worlds and they were in two completely different positions going into the challenge. So it makes sense why it was such a heated confrontation between the two. But Anissa just didn't care, honestly, at the time. She was like, girl, like, get away from me. Like, I don't, like, stop. Stop with this foolishness. Like, sorry, you lost. We both lost. I'm over it. I think Anissa's just been on this challenge for literally like a decade and she's used to it. She's so mature about it. She's like, you know what? This is just blowing out of proportion and she knows that something like that could easily ruin her game. Yes, she has a skull, but something like that could easily target her in the future. So I think she's just trying to fizzle it out as much as possible. But in that round, we saw Cam ended up being the winner, but it was actually kind of funny because I think if I remember right, Nani actually threw it and Cam just Cam just picked it up and just ran with it. So, I mean, hey, whatever works. Exactly. Uh, but then moving in to heat number two, which was the first guys round, we saw the first kind of level of um, strategy, if you will, and an approach that I didn't really think of at first when I was watching the challenge, but once he did it, I kind of thought, wow, I should have thought of that myself. Fessy, Josh, Kyle, Michi, and Nam. And so they're all looking, they're all looking, and pretty early on in the heat, 
Nam finds the relic, but he's not, he doesn't make the mistake that, that Nani made and just throw it up in the air and start yelling. He's more chill about it. He pretends like he's looking while he's pushing it through the mud to the edge of the pit. Then once everyone's out of his way and his, he has a clear path to the exit, he runs out and gets that win. I, no one's going to believe me, that, but when I first saw this, this was exactly was my strategy. I'm like, if I were to find it, I'm not going to freak out and run right away because then I'm just going to have a mob of people like we did in Heat 1. I was thinking exactly like Nam, if I'm going to find it, I'm going to play it off as if I'm still looking. And Nam did it perfectly. He was throwing rocks around. He was trying to get the attention away. And you know what's actually funny? I remember in the beginning of that heat, Fessy and Josh were like, oh, we have this strategy. Fessy's gonna find it and he's gonna he's gonna frisbee it to Josh. Josh is gonna be like the defender. Josh is gonna make sure no one... And Nam did it perfectly. He did it right when Josh wasn't looking. Nobody was looking and he was able just to run straight straight to the final. And I think it was perfectly played off by Nam. You know what I noticed? I don't know if this is like just like the editing of TV. I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but when they cut to Lolo after Nam had won, she wasn't like cheering for him or clapping. She just kind of stood there. She wasn't like, yeah, Nam, like, let's get it. She was just like, whatever, like wrapped in the towel, still in her temper tantrum that she had with Anissa earlier. I feel like with Lolo, everything is just her way or the highway, you know, and that's just not, that's just not real life. It's not. I feel like it also might be a little bit embarrassing for her coming from the Olympics. People saw her as a big threat. People saw her as this girl who was going to dominate everyone else, but it's not really happening. Like she had a little bit of an edit in the very first episode for like two seconds. I don't know if you remember that when they ran up the hill. That's the most like big threat edit she's gotten. Otherwise, she's like been so irrelevant. <laughs> and then we move on to Heat 3. We had Amber B, Amber M, Gabby, Casey, and Teresa. And in this Heat, we also see the same strategy in Heat 2. However, it just was not played off that well. What was she trying to do? I don't understand. <laughs> she was just like stepping forward. Like, no one's going to believe that you're not like looking because how would you feel it with your feet like she's just pushing it obviously she's in freezing cold mud and you just see her smiling why would you be smiling unless you found the relic like even anisa and everyone else was pointing out they were like i think she has it and i remember gabby saying oh i don't think she does and then you just see teresa try to bolt but it was just so funny because they just easily collapsed on her and yeah her poker face just wasn't it. It was very easy to read her face. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But then somehow we see Gabby gets the W, even though she said that she didn't expect her to even have it. She's like, nah, she doesn't have it. I don't think so. She somehow pulls out the win and it's kind of unexpected. We haven't really seen very much from Gabby throughout the season. So to see her get that, that f first round win was pretty impressive. I agree. I agree. And then going into Heat 4, I mean, we got some heavy hitters here. We got Corey, CT, Darrell, Devin, and Leroy. And it was honestly very interesting how CT went into it. I'm not sure if he was thinking about this, but he just starts like with his shoes. He's just playing around and everyone's thinking that he's shuffling this relic. And then it cuts to a scene of Leroy literally like touching his feet. I remember Leroy was checking and then he just went off. 
And somehow throughout that shuffling, he finds it and he just runs and no one's able to stop him. And I feel like this was a good win for CT and CT needed this to be like, I got rid of the dad bod and guess what? I'm back because he's always been a super feared competitor and I he's just, he's getting it back. For sure. It was good to see CT win. I love CT. This is only his second win this season, I believe. But to win this one heat, it was really exciting to see. So in the second round, we had CT versus Nam, and then we had Gabby versus Cam. And I believe CT and Nam went first, and I was like, oh, this one's good. I was like, we got two heavy, heavy hitters. And for me, I am a challenge fanatic. I have seen every single one of these pole wrestles. I can tell you exactly what strategy works and what strategy doesn't work. And CT proved that he's a veteran and he knew exactly where to place Nam in order to get Nam in the worst position. CT placed him exactly where he wanted to and he was able to rip it out and it was a, it was a good fight. I mean, CT, like I said, he's he's got it back. I agree. I was kind of excited. I was hoping that maybe Lolo or Nam would be able to get that win and it would be excited to see them in power and see what they would do and see if they would throw themselves down. But it was so good to see CT win it. Yeah, and then we go into Cam versus Gabby, and I'm thinking right away, we haven't seen Gabby, so I was, I was kind of interested. You know, she is a personal trainer. I'm like, you know what? She's pretty petite, but maybe she packs a big punch, but as we see, kill a cam always. I don't see why people think that she's overrated. I don't think she's overrated at all. I think cam is absolutely dominates 90% of the challenges she goes into. And she was able to easily just rip that from Gabby. Yeah, it was a really impressive performance. I love cam. Although she's been kind of against some of the people that I really like, it's still really entertaining and she's still such a challenge beast. So it wasn't really a surprise to see this happen, but it was also that fear of the unknown with Gabby because we didn't really see much from her. You don't know she's able to to whip out that X factor. However, we saw that uh, Cam was able to get that done. So the third round, we have they pull wrestle again, except it's with the double agents. So Cam won for the girls, and Cam is tethered to Kyle. And then CT won, and he is tethered to Big T. And I'm going to be honest, I love CT and Big T. I love them so much, but... It really disappointed me the way CT was handling the situation. Yes, I believe that there was no chance Big T was going to win, but it really disappointed me. I feel like CT should have been hyping her up. He seemed to do that in the past, really hype Big T up, but he was just very negative towards the situation. And I feel like Big T was really down on herself, but CT was in that mindset of, am I just going to have to keep going again and again and again and again against Kyle? Because Cam was going to win every time. So it was that strategy of, do I just let Kyle get the win right away? What do I do? I felt bad for, for Big T. I don't know. I mean, mindset is everything in my opinion. Had he been hyping her up, how he'd be like, yeah, like, let's get this done. Like, we might be able to get it out. Maybe one round, you'll be able to slip one under her. Like, you never know. Because for CT versus Kyle, I think CT wins versus Kyle every single time had he been in a positive mindset. So I thought that, that CT and Big T kind of like ruined their own chances. 
by the mindset that they had going into this challenge because as we saw, Cam beat Big T pretty quickly. It seemed like Big T wasn't even putting up a fight because probably in her mind, she probably thought there's no way why I even try. Same thing with CT and Kyle. A lot of people might think maybe did, did CT throw it to Kyle because Kyle won it, which is pretty confusing and pretty surprising because CT is a pretty big and much stronger person, I think, than Kyle. And I think it's really disappointing because mindset is everything. In Right before that scene where they had the wrestling between each other, CT was just yelling. He was so upset, so frustrated, like there's no chance why even like bother but like if you have that mindset towards everything get a new partner like come on bro like there's so many things like i liked ct and bt as a partnership and i still do but it's like if you're gonna have that mentality that's kind of bringing down the partnership as a duo because yeah she's not the biggest person yeah she's not the baddest person but if you have like a, a fierce approach to the competition it's possible that she could have overtaken cam at some point I agree. I see both sides to it. Obviously, CT is a veteran. I'm not sure how many challenges CT has left in him. You see veterans. I don't know if they're ever going to come back. Johnny Bananas didn't come back this season. Cara Maria, they've both been on for a decade. And he didn't come to this challenge. It does, is this CT's last challenge? Is he going to come back? So I feel like a lot of things are just going through his head. And he said later in the episode that he regrets not picking Cam. I think CT and Cam is an absolute power duo. You know, if CT and Big T get to the finale, are they going to win? I don't think that CT is going to win with Big T. But do I like them as a pair? I think they complement each other well. Although, I think athletically that they're just on two different wavelengths. Yeah, I agree with that in a, in a way. But at the same time, you never know what factors could affect people. Because it's not just the challenge is not just a physical game. There's It's a mental game. It's a social game. And you have to look at all avenues. And yeah, I mean, you coulda, shoulda, woulda. You coulda picked Cam on the very first episode, but you didn't. And you have Big T. So the attitude he had in this episode just was not one that is the one of a winning person. Absolutely not. I was actually very disappointed in CT. And I don't see CT that negative at all. So, but at the end of the day, Cam and Kyle win. I think Cam and Kyle are actually a really good duo. And... It's funny because I think I never really viewed Kyle as this big competitor, but I think Cam and Kyle together are a really good duo. I agree. They've done really well. They both have skulls. One of only two partnerships that both have gold skulls. So they're a really good pairing. And I think it's it's funny because they're kind of like opposites. And I guess the opposites attract in a way because where Cam is a people pleaser who everyone loves, who she's able to politic her way through the game. Kyle is kind of the opposite. He's similar to Devin in the sense that they thrive off of drama. They thrive off of conflict. So it's just interesting to see how that dynamic works so well. Yeah, and talk about them being different. After the daily challenge, you know, they're talking about strategies. Who do they want to put as the house vote? And Cam says, Josh and Ani, they came up to me. They saying, put us in against Michi and Amber M. They want an easy gold skull. But Kyle goes, mm, no, <laughs> I want Anissa and Fessy because he wants revenge for Anissa and Fessy blindsiding him and going against Joseph. So Kyle's in like this revenge mode. He wants to put in Anissa and Fessy. And Cam's kind of thinking, well, the easy choice is to put in Josh and Nani because they already basically volunteered themselves on a silver platter. 
I think putting Josh and Nani in, say it's a guy's day, which ended up being a guy's day, it's a smart strategy because you don't know what the challenge is going to be, but say Josh wins, he has a gold skull, people would be going more towards Josh than they will towards Kyle. So it's a smart strategy to have a weaker person with a skull, so in the future weeks when you have to start targeting people to steal their skulls, people are going to go for maybe Josh or even Devin instead of Kyle, who isn't otherwise the most intimidating or the biggest challenge threat. However, when you have two people who might be considered easier skulls, then that brings down your threat level in a way that you're not going to get called out as much in the future. It was a really good strategy by them. And the skulls are kind of weird this season because there's such a big gap between the guy's skulls and the girl's skulls. So obviously there's going to be up to a little bit more strategizing. And we see in the party scene, Kyle, he still has his mindset and he's trying to rally the house vote to be Fessy and Anissa. But prior to the deliberation, we saw Amber M and Amber B talking as well as Big T. And Amber B, she's low-key a snake. I've been saying this from the beginning. I don't really like Amber B that much. And she's been irrelevant this whole time, especially last week, or it was a couple weeks ago when Jay went home. She just started acting up and started saying she wanted to compete. But now she's saying she doesn't want to compete. What happened to wanting to compete so bad? You, you were talking this big game about how you're here to compete, but you're saying, oh, I don't want to go down, so I don't want to go against my alliance, so I guess I'm going to go with my own friend, Amber M. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think you should be wanting to keep those people in case you get the opportunity to go down to get your gold school in the future. So it doesn't make any sense because you just want to stick with your alliance. Those strategies don't work just sticking with your alliance to the end. You don't know how it's going to happen in the future. So, and then just blatantly lying to her. It's just such a snake, such a snake move. I think Amber B is thinking a little bit too much of Big Brother. And yes, the social aspect is there, but it's more about going down and competing than alliances. Yes, we see the Big Brother Alliance. We see the Rookie Alliance. And Amber B says she's kind of mingled in with all of those alliances. And she's starting to say that she's going to have to draw the line between what alliance she wants to stick with. But I think she's thinking a little bit too much in that Big Brother mode rather than, don't you want to go against Amber M? Wouldn't you think that that's an easy gold skull? Wouldn't you want to keep her and maybe go against against her in elimination. It doesn't make very much sense, especially she was talking about how she wanted to be this big competitor, but she has not once volunteered to go down. She hasn't asked to go down at all. So it's just interesting. It's kind of hypocritical. It's interesting how you said she's playing a Big Brother-esque game. Uh, she didn't even last that long when she played Big Brother. She was there, what, four weeks, five weeks? And this is not Big Brother. You can't just float your way to the end like people have done in the past in Big Brother. In the challenge now with this gold skull twist, you need to go down there and get it yourself. So the fact that she wasn't thinking that maybe I'll save Amber M as an ally and as someone who I could go against for an elimination in the future, it's just kind of, I think, a slip up on her side. Definitely a rookie mistake, in my opinion. But when we get down to deliberation, <laughs> this opener was really funny. We see Amber M and Michi, they know they're in the hot spot. And they start off by saying, we really don't want to go in. We, you know, we just don't think it's our time. And CT goes, oh, so that's just how it's going to work? If you don't want to go in, you don't go in? Like, no, this is the challenge. That is not how it works. If you say you don't want to go in, you look scared. You look like you're mentally not prepared and that would just further me want to put you in as my secret vote. But then we move into that secret vote where uh, it's kind of between Amber M, Michi, and uh, Anissa and Fessy. So we kind of knew that going into it, but then they didn't show us um, who the compromise agent was. 
we know that eventually that Amber B did betray Amber M and voted her in. Foolish mistake, as we said, but they didn't show us. So once we go into the elimination, they show us that it was in fact Amber M and Michi. And then the double agents put in Josh and Nani. And it was shown to be a guy's elimination between Josh and Michi. And it's interesting because it's once again, the same challenge that we've seen earlier in the season where it was Tori versus Nisa. They just added a puzzle this time. And I think they added the puzzle so that it would add an even playing field for a weaker person against a stronger person. But honestly, it kind of worked against the weaker person in a way that they probably didn't expect it would. I like how they did the modification with the slide puzzle, you know, pulling this crate full of medicine balls, tipping it over, throwing it into the breakaway walls. It's a really a brawn thing, and to even it out, they did put that puzzle in there. And I don't think a lot of people were expecting Josh to get that puzzle done so quick. We saw in confessionals, people were like, I've never seen someone complete it that quick. And Michi couldn't get it done. You would think it would be an even playing field, but that whole time, he could not figure it out. And it was just embarrassing. Yeah, it was kind of hard to watch because I, I always like to cheer for the underdog and I frankly hate Josh. So I was hoping that Michi would pull ahead with that puzzle and I was hoping it'd be the opposite, honestly. I was hoping that Josh would sit there and cry because if in case people forgot, in the first season that Josh was ever on, he almost got sent home because he couldn't solve a puzzle in, in the Challenge World of the Worlds. He couldn't, the most simple circle puzzle, he was the last out of like 13 guys and was sent home. So it's, it's pretty interesting that he has evolved and I guess kudos to him as much as I don't like Josh, who was able to get that puzzle done, but then we see him struggle to even break any of the panels. I don't know if they just reinforced the panels or if he wasn't paying attention that the puzzle specifically told you which ones were breakable. He just kind of sat there, he was just throwing them and they just bounced off, which is interesting because when it was this challenge a couple of episodes ago, that never happened. They weren't bouncing off like that. And I think... <laughs> You know, he got the crate down so fast, but he was struggling with aiming. I mean, there was so much area surface to hit those squares and he kept hitting the frame. What are you doing? And he kept doing just wussy throws. Like who throws like that? Like you're in a competition for your challenge life. And if it were against anybody else, I think Josh would have lost that elimination due to how poorly his aiming was. I, it really wasn't that hard and it was a joke to everybody watching. It was a joke to TJ. I mean, it was a joke to everybody. I completely agree, but he got it done eventually. We saw that Miji couldn't even get the puzzle done, so Josh kind of just took his time. He could have done whatever he wanted to. But then Josh starts crying. He's like, this is my first elimination challenge whenever. Like, this is so amazing. And then you see Devin, like, laughing at him. Like, bro, like, you did it in the probably most embarrassing fashion anyone has ever won an elimination ever. So you shouldn't really be too proud of yourself. Yeah, um... <laughs> And yeah, Josh made this big emotional, <laughs> big scene. And he specifically wanted Michi to go in because he wanted that easy gold skull. And he was zero and three before this elimination. And now he's one and three. So kudos to Josh. But I feel bad saying this, but I don't know what Michi is doing on the challenge. He was just very irrelevant the whole entire season. 
Oh, for sure. And I was I was saying to one of my friends that like this episode was just so boring to me. I didn't care. Why do I care when if Michi goes home? When it was Josh versus Michi, I was only cheering for Michi because I wanted Josh to go home. No other reason. So when Michi went home, I was like, okay, whatever. It's annoying. I guess Josh is still here, but I'm not like that sad that Michi's leaving because he didn't add anything. He did not add anything really to the show at all. So let's go into our final thoughts and predictions. Um... Going in, we know Amber M is now a rogue agent, and I still think Teresa is on the chopping block. I think Cam is kind of ruling this season, as it looks like so far, and Cam is very adamant about Teresa going in. And at this point, you have to really win a daily challenge to throw yourself in. There's still a lot of people that need to get their gold skulls, so those daily challenges are going to be crucial for those teams that don't have their gold skulls. For sure. It's, it's really interesting because we saw in this episode that panic started to set in a little bit for half the people. And the other half of the people were just so trying to stay out of elimination. So it's going to be interesting to see how it ramps up through the rest of the season. Maybe people like Amber B will stop saying they are here to compete and actually compete. And it, it, it kind of disappoints me because Amber M will not even have the chance to compete in elimination next week. I was kind of hoping they would put her in. I, I want to see someone throw Amber M in, assume she's going to lose, and I want to see them beat her. That's all. That's If that happens in the season of the challenge, I will be satisfied. I can stop watching there, and I'll be happy. But that's all I really want to see because people are underestimating her, and it kind of pisses me off that this whole season, all people are they're referring to layups, and that was the theme of an earlier episode where T Tori went home for constantly referring to people as layups and easy wins, but I want to see the people get their comeuppance from Amber M, but that's not going to happen next week. And I just want to see people compete, and my prediction, if Lolo and Nam happen to go into elimination, they happen to win, I am going to put my money on it that they are going to trade partners Nam goes in. He he doesn't want Lolo as a partner. Lolo doesn't want Nam as a partner. So if they go into elimination and they're two very strong people, if they come out winning, I 100% think they are going to switch partners. And even switching changes the game so much in that aspect. These past couple episodes, they stayed with their partners. But we see when they switch partners, the whole dynamic changes. I'm interested to see how it works if they stay in pairs to run the final as pairs. How's it going to work if one person in the duo doesn't have a gold skull? Does just one gold skull for the duo cover the whole team? Is it they both go home because the duo didn't get it? I wonder how that's going to work in the future. I'm not sure. I think that they're just going to keep doing eliminations until each pair has two people with gold skulls. I don't know. It may seem like we have a lot more episodes coming up. Maybe it's going to be a long season. I don't know. Maybe there's a purge, which I could see. I could see that in the future. Yeah, I feel like most... I don't know how many episodes specifically are in this season, but I feel like the challenge kind of sticks to around 16 to 18 episode seasons. So we're about halfway done. So And they only have the guys with their gold skulls and the girls are yet to even have half of them with gold skulls like the half the gold skulls like, taken so 
I'm interested to see how that plays out. However, this episode, frankly, as I said, was pretty boring for me, and I'm happy we are done talking about it. So that wraps up our Challenge Episode 8 recap and review. Let us know what you thought about this episode and what your predictions are for the future. We have a lot of content coming your way, so make sure you guys subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what we've made so far, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts with your feedback. We love, love hearing from you guys. You guys can find me on TikTok at lolath and Champagne at All Things Reality. If you have any questions or comments, you can shoot us an email at allthingsrealitypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week with another challenge episode recap. Mm-hmm.